How are you? I'm fine. That's good. My name is John. I'm Bob. He's Bye. They're Butch. And together we are the, the Butch, Butch and the Bye. And to get started, we need to go over some notes. Notes. Notes, because I'm not re- I'm not pre-recording these uh, every time I go to edit anymore, and it's more fun doing it with you in the room. Yay. Um So yeah, a couple of housekeeping notes before we hop into it. Uh, the Butch and the Bye has four shows this month. That you can catch, um, just like chlamydia. Um, <laughs> you can only catch chlamydia four times a month. Catch it, it anymore and you'll die. <laughs> I was like, there are certain predetermined dates that chlamydia is available. <laughs> if you don't do it on these dates, you will miss out on chlamydia. Well, it's like, um, oh God, oh, what is it? Uh, ovulation. It's like ovulation. <laughs> you heard it here first, so chlamydia is ovulation. For the STDs? Is chlamydia an STI or an STD? We use STI now. That is the... It's just... They're all STIs now? Yep. Disease was changed to infection. I can't remember the thing. Part of it has to do with... <laughs> I legitimately cannot remember. Huh. But I have yeah. a new article to read later. Yeah. Um... Anyway, speaking of chlamydia, there are four Butch and the Bi shows this month. The first one is uh, the night that this comes out. Well, the day. I mean, it releases in the morning. But Friday, November um, 9th? 8th. 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 Is the duo show at Steel City Improv Theater in uh, the Shadyside East Liberty area of Pittsburgh. Uh, If you're in town, we'll be there Doing, doing our do uh, and having a lot of fun with two other duos, I believe, uh, and all of the wonderful crew over at Skit. And then uh, the following Saturday will be the first of two student duo shows as part of the duo class we're taking at Arcade Comedy Theater. Um, that is the 16th. The 16th and also the week following on the... The 23rd. The 23rd. Uh, and I can those... add seven to numbers in my head. Thanks, I can't. <laughs> um, and then those are at, I believe, six. What time are those at? Or four? They're weird I... times. Yeah, we have to... Our time is different to get there, but I think they're at six. You go ahead Possibly and vamp and seven. I will find out. <laughs> It's been a lot of fun. We've really enjoyed the class. Learn, have gotten some valuable tools. It's, it's yeah, it's been good. The other doers and one single are all delightful. It's a, a lot of fun and funny people coming up with great, fantastic things in small group settings. <laughs> I can't download the file, so I will put it in the description below. <laughs> it's not for another week, but uh, yeah. you, you go on Arcade Comedy Theater's website. I assume they'll have the class schedule up. Yeah. Um, and it is the duo class being taught by uh, Brian Gray and Greg... Gelati. Gelati. Like the gelati of... the. Actually, that's Greg's real secret, is his family is the rich and wealthy gelati family known for gelati. Uh, you mean gelato? And, nope, gelati. <laughs> it's the Italian <laughs> feminine version. That's gelato made with tea. Gelati. That sounds British. It could be a crossover event. I don't think Italy and Britain get along too well. At least they do. Who didn't. gets along well with Britain? <laughs> Not even Britain. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then uh, the following week on the 23rd, we'll be there. And on the 22nd, I'm going to let Bob plug this one because they know more details than I do. 
Uh, we are opening for a benefit show for Toys for Tots. At, it is at 9.30, I believe. At Steel City Improv Theater, uh, in the same area as it was before. <laughs> as unlike most other places in the city, it does not move day to day. Like a brigadoon. Sure. That. Whatever you just said was English, clearly. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that's a tank. I'm, that's, a, that's a tank. It's a, it's a musical theater show about a town that only appears to the outside world every 100 years, I believe. Oh, it's the island from Lost. Yes. Fun. The little Scottish town. Yeah, that's, that is Lost. <laughs> um, Anyways. Uh, and then also, bonus uh, show to plug is on the 23rd. We also have... No. I'm... Having a stroke. You mean, you're talking this about weekend. Yep, the ninth. On the ninth at Steel City Improv Throw Show at <laughs> at Steel City Improv Theater. Uh, we will be part of Three Fur with our wonderful, wonderful musical team called Pandemonium. Uh, that yeah features a bunch of wonderful, wickedly talented people in the city, and we'll be doing uh, make 'em ups with music. And fun fact, our accompanist for that is our also our musical producer for this show and our co-host of the podcast we recently started, our monthly movie podcast called What Do You Mean You Haven't Seen, uh, in which we share movies that maybe someone in the group hasn't seen. For example, Bob never saw Beetlejuice, and we corrected that problem. And yes, it was a problem. And it's been corrected. Uh, um, uh, and the, my topic, this is a good segue into my topic, next month's movie is going to be The Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's Brian's pick. Uh, it's also a good Thanksgiving pick, apparently. Um, and it has to do with uh, the topic I'm bringing to the table, which started out as just talking about Coraline, the 2009 film based on the 2002 book by Neil Gaiman. Uh, it is uh, a stop-motion film. And originally I was going to talk about the movie, but I took notes on stop motion in general. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to hop into that real quick. So here's some shuffling paper um, that I yell at Bob about all the time. So, yeah, uh, stop motion has been going on for a while. Um, The earliest uh, film we actually have access to still uh, is from 1902, and it's called uh, Fun in a Bakery Shop. and it is just about a little baker. Uh, the earliest uh, recorded uh, stop motion is actually in 1898 called the Humpty Dumpty Circus. Uh, but it has been lost to time, just like most of my um, joy. Uh, <laughs> it's been lost to time. Um, and so, I mean, from that point on, it kind of is one of those things that kind of boomed. Um, in the 30s, uh, notably... Um, King Kong uh, was stop motion was used to represent the giant gorilla. Um, was he an ape or a gorilla? A gorilla is a type of ape. But not all apes are gorillas? Mm, no, so primates... <laughs> it's more ape versus monkey. Monkeys have tails, apes don't, is the quickest. So way. then what do gorillas have? Gorillas don't have tails, they are an ape. They're a specific type of ape, John. <laughs> I'm just watching you spin. Um, <laughs> uh, also, fun fact about Fun in a Bakery Shop, which I completely glossed over, is that it was produced by Thomas Edison. The guy that made the light bulb produced a stop-motion film back in 1902. Fun facts. Um, 
And then there is uh, Rankin slash Bass Production, uh, and they're responsible for all of the wonderful, wonderful stop-motion films from um, our parents, your parents' uh, generation. <laughs> um, things like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Mad Monster Party, Little Drummer Boy, and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Um, and those all kind of took uh, or were produced uh, and released from 1960 to 1971 um, and kind of have stayed mainstays of kind of uh, ABC family, I'm sorry, freeform uh, production schedules during the holiday season. Um so yeah, uh, stop motion is film or effects created by using puppets and moving them frame by frame uh, to create a motion picture. Um, it is oftentimes done with scale puppets, but it has been done with larger scale puppets in the past. A good example of that is uh, Terminator. Um, another example is Robocop for elements that use both smaller scale for things like the, um, the Robo Walkers as well as some uh, features of the effects. Um, and it makes sense when you think about it. I mean, it worked really well as a way to do more complicated effects. Um, it is very time intensive. Um, and actually just for reference, Coraline, which came out in 2009, um, it took, uh, over four years and 500 people working on the film, uh, and the actual photography of the film. So that, that time is not even counting, um, the photography, that was 18 months. So just over a year was spent on actually capturing all of the photographs. Um, it is intensive because not only do you have the taking a photo for every frame, uh, you also then have the production of the elements to work like that. So it could be the character... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting a cramp in my foot. Uh, and Bob is How watching me dance you? around. Um, always give me the couch. Yeah, I do. Why do I do that? I live here. I pay rent. <laughs> um, you're on the floor next time. Fair. Um, but no, it... Uh, yeah, it is very intensive. Uh, Wallace and Gromit is another popular series. I grew up with Wallace and Gromit. There's also another series that you grew up with that has quite a big uh, presence of stop motion, which is Moomins. Yeah. Uh, actually has several shows that ran from... I wrote it down. Uh, oh man, where'd it go? I did my job. I wrote things down in a non-organized fashion. Oh, uh, several movement shows from 1978 to 1982. Um, that was the fun fact I was referring to earlier. Ah, uh, so I yeah. never expected you to bring anything movement related. I didn't either, but I saw it and I was like, oh shit, yeah, uh, Bob just did an excellent Halloween costume based on a character that I don't remember the name of. Snufkin! Great, Snufkin, <laughs> uh, at a recent Halloween party. Um, I, never, I still haven't gotten a picture of that. It's just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Whose fault is that? Mine. Yeah. Funny how that works. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that was. Wallace and Gromit by Ardman Studios, which has made a lot of delightful things, including Shaun the Sheep, which you might be familiar with if you had a small child in your life. Oh, I do. My little uh, cousin Caden was huge on Shaun the Sheep growing up. One of my biggest sadnesses in life was when I gave a Shaun the Sheep doll to a child who loved Shaun the Sheep, but I, we got to the birthday party late, and she'd already opened a bunch of other things, and she opened the sheep... And then I tossed it aside and was looking like there was there more in this thing. Everyone was like, oh my god, it's, like, it's okay. I had fun making the toy. Well, you made it, to be fair. So, of course, the kid was going to look for something manufactured. 
Honestly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not even a joke. <laughs> Not really. Um, we're all little shits as children. Um, another uh, favorite of mine was actually used last stoop motion. Stoop motion. He used stoop motion. It's stoop <laughs> kid from Hey Arnold, and he has adapted his skills. Uh, no, stop motion was used in Return to Oz, the 1985 cult classic, which acted as a sequel to uh, The Wizard of Oz. And... Um, it actually got a bunch of nominations uh, that year for Best Visual Effects, including at the Oscars, um, which included going up against the winner, Cocoon, and uh, young Sherlock Holmes. So... Oh, I love history. I don't know how those beat out uh, Return to Oz, because it's got some crazy visual effects, not even just the stop motion stuff. Um, I need to go back and watch it and figure out what the hell was stop motion. I assume it was stuff with... Um, one of the characters is a uh, a reindeer head attached to a couch. Uh, have you seen Return to Oz? Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. My new favorite fact. Um, so anyways, uh, Industrial Light Magic also got its start uh, by using a lot of stop motion when they were producing the Star Wars films. So things like the chess scene in A New Hope, um, the ATA, uh, AT-AT, AT&T, uh, at that, uh, and the Tauntauns, the uh, the Yeti monsters, uh, were all stop motion as well as in later films, um, including a lot of stuff for space battles and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it has a colorful history, and we haven't even gotten to the big one, the big wad blow that is Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, the 1993 classic that everybody loves and Hot Topic loves to sell even more. Um, it was Tim Burton production. It is wonderful. I found out because I'd forgot because who has room for stuff. Um, Catherine O'Hara, who was in Beetlejuice, uh, does the voice of Sally. Oh. Yes. And Chris Sarandon uh, is the speaking voice of Jack Skellington. He is the cop from Child's Play. Uh, and then another fun fact is Danny Elfman is the uh, lyrics for Jack Skellington. He did all the singing for Jack um, because Chris Sarandon apparently can't sing. Uh, and um, so, yeah, there's fun facts about Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, I but actually appreciate the olden times. They're like, we'll have two separate ones. Now we're like, we're going to make this actor sing. It's mm-hmm. like. Just have someone who can sing dub it. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, I've definitely noticed an uptick in hiring musicians for films that specifically are music related. Um, yeah, either do that or, especially in animation, it's like, yeah. it's easier to just be like, just, just hire dumb. a singer. Yeah, just have yeah. someone, either have the voice actor be someone who can sing, like mm. Steven Universe, or just have someone else do it. Someone has a similar vocal timbre, just have them do it. It's. Yeah. It's not that hard. You would think. Speaking into a microphone is actually very hard. I'm doing it sitting on the floor, and I'm in pain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, half of it was a joke. Half of it was uh, me crying. Um, so, yeah, back to the film that's important, because the rest can go suck it. Uh, Coraline. Norman is very good. It is on the list. It's on my things. Um, because it was produced by Lakia. Lakia. Yeah. Lakia. 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 <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like it's L A I yeah K A. I think it's Leica. Leica. Ah, there Leica it is. Leica. Studio. Yep, there we go. We're Caucasian. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, it was actually their first film back in 2009, uh, and it was also the first feature film 
to use um, 3D printed uh, face replacements uh, for the entire feature. Um, that being said, there were 15,000 faces for all of the characters, and Coraline had over 6,300 of them. Girl was expressive, and so was Terry Hatcher. Uh, have I mentioned how much I love Terry Hatcher? She is the voice of both mother and other mother. Um, so for those that don't know, uh, we're going to talk about the plot for a little bit here. Uh, Coraline is uh, based off a book in which a young girl moves into a new old uh, three... Uh, do, floor? It's three floors. Yeah. Um, three floor uh, rental uh home kind of thing there's different it's like apartments stacked it's not a duplex i know my parents lived in one i can't remember house it's It's like an apartment building but each floor is for each tenant comment below with your favorite uh multi (laughs) uh family living situations yeah. Um, I, I don't really know. But anyways, uh, young girl moves in and the neighbors are all a bit wacky. Uh, there is a gentleman that lives in the top floor uh, who has a bunch of mice that he is training to dance uh, and do a circus. Uh, there on the floor below them is uh, two uh, former actresses uh, that have had their heyday and now uh, live with a bunch of Scotty dogs and uh, are kind of weird. Um And when she moves in, she finds a a small door in a drawing room that leads to this other dimension where her other mother and other father and the other Denzians of this uh, community live. Uh, And it's kind of like the perfect community, you know, the home-baked meals and um, the the happy-go-lucky funny father, um, all that sort of stuff. Uh, But it kind of comes to light that things are not as they seem. And uh, the biggest... Cue to that is the fact that all of the other Denzians, uh, their eyes are replaced with black buttons. Uh, and other mother's goal is to replace Coraline's eyes with buttons. Um, it is a wonderful book and a wonderful film. It was actually one of the first books I was introduced to. Um, my favorite librarian at, uh, for those that went to Mount Lebanon, Carol Stacone, uh, wonderful, wonderful woman. She uh, introduced me to Coraline because I loved scary stuff as a kid. And she's like, you're going to love this. And so I read it. Um, and it is a very good book. And they did such a good job ad- adapting it. Um, the adaptation came out in 2009. Um, it is just wild. I I remember hearing the announcement they were doing a movie uh, and being like, oh, man, Lemony Snicket just came out, and that sucked. Um, and I think going stop motion was the absolute correct call for that. It allowed the whimsy and the horror of the world to show itself, especially with things like The Other Mother and her transformation through the story. Um, so I definitely highly recommend it. Uh, and it was actually directed by ba, 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 Henley, Hen, Henley, Henry uh, Selick, who uh, acted as a producer on numerous films, including James and the Giant Peach and Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. Uh, so keeping it all in the family. Yeah, I imagine it's a, a fairly small world, the world of stop motion animation. Yeah. People who are really into it. It's a lot you of, uh, I imagine a lot of, um, what's the I word? Intimate training. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I love I love stop motion. It's it is just so meticulous and amazing. The the level of dedication and focus that creates thinking of another Leica one, uh, Kubo and the two strings, like mm. that just three? Yes, two three. strings. Two strings, yeah. I have it written now. That's oh 
it's so gorgeous. I watched that and bawled my eyes out. <laughs> just, you think about that. It's like, there's some CG in there, but a sh just so much of it is <laughs> stop motion and, like, seeing production pictures. It's just, uh, love art. That's just really cool art. There was a, a loss, I think, at Ardman. There was a fire, and it was really heartbreaking. Oh. It was a maybe five or seven years ago um, where a lot of various props were lost because that is also the thing about having it be a physical thing because then you have the physical assets and what do you do with that? So you could probably make back some money just selling individual Coraline faces. Could, or putting them in a museum. Um, yeah. They do do exhibits occasionally. Yeah, but which is I, why yeah. it's sad when something's lost. You're like, oh, well, that can't be shared again. Well... Uh, if they have the digital files, they could technically reprint it. That is one of the interesting things about 3D printing is yeah. um, nothing is... You wouldn't download a car legally. <laughs> yes, I would, You Karen. wouldn't download a Coraline face. <laughs> In a heartbeat. I would love a Coraline figure uh, to have on my shelf of things. Um, shelves of things. Um, fun fact about Coraline. Uh, she was one of 28. There are 28 Coraline figures that were built for the film. Uh, they stood at about nine and three quarters tall. Uh, and they had 10 people. Uh, it took them over three to four months to complete one doll. Um, so, and she had 42 different wigs because, uh, she has a lot of hair. Uh, and you'll notice that all of the other characters have very static hair in the film because they blew their wad on Coraline. Um, but yeah, it's it's excellent. Keith David does the voice of the cat, uh, which is very much like a Cheshire Cat type character. Um, Terry Hatcher does a wonderful job. I adore Terry Hatcher. Um, she was Lois and Lois and Clark in the '90s. She's also popular for Sex in the City uh, and appearing in numerous other things. Um, but she, I, I think this is just one of my favorite roles of hers. Um, she does both the. Uh, busy, un, not uncaring, but just not paying attention mother very well. She does the overly good mother very well, and boy, does she do a great villain. Um, I, I would love uh, to have her play more villains uh, more often. She's played a couple in the past, but um, yeah, this is just, it's such a good film. The style of it's very good. If you're a fan of Nightmare Before Christmas, you're probably already a fan of this, but if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, Ooh, I, had a thought. I, I, I didn't ever get to actually be Coraline, but I did make button goggles. I sculpted them out of clay and held, had them held together with string and wire. Outstanding. I, they broke. I need to put them back together and show you because you'd appreciate my button goggles. Yes. Yeah. It, um, yeah. It's just a beautiful film. It, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, that that is me. And that, that semi does relate to next month's episode of... What do you mean you haven't seen? In which Bob and I have not seen the fantastic Mr. Fox. Is a Wes Anderson stop motion. Yes, so we are digging into uh, a graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, but what did you bring to the table today, Bob? Tonight uh, it is eight thirty-three p.m. <laughs> um, I had a few things. And I was just, I just spent all day being like, I don't know what to talk about. Because we had two shows, there's like, we know what we're going to talk about together. <laughs> and now I have to think for myself and bring concepts. So mine is uh, getting better. Hey! So uh, this 
obviously can apply to a lot of things. You can get better at an art, you can get better at being a friend, you can get better in a sort of a nebulous way at just being a human being and taking care of yourself. So I just want to talk about that because looking back on the year and my life and thinking about where I've been and where I am now, um, I'm doing a lot better than I have in the past and I just want to talk about some elements to it. I'm still very, honestly, in the scope of my life, I'm still very new, but little things that have helped me so far and sort of the steps to it. So the first thing with anything is admitting it to yourself. It took me a very long time to, I, I did it by steps. I was like, okay, you have anxiety. That makes sense. You cried in restaurants as a child because you didn't know what to order. This, this explains it. You, you can't talk to people. Anxiety. Anxiety is reasonable, but you're not depressed. And eventually I had to be like, no, I, I do have depression that was harder to accept than anxiety. And you can know that and you can accept it. And then there's just constant reacceptance as you get worse or better or worse again, because like all things, it's not linear. It, it goes all over the place. Sometimes very good, sometimes very bad, sometimes it feels like you're taking three steps back, but you've also been there before, so you know how you got out of it last time, which is an important thing, keeping perspective. Um, another big thing about this is the fear of change. You can get so comfortable in a negative pattern that you don't want to leave it because you're used to it, you know how it goes. Breaking out of it means something new that you don't know all the steps to, and that can be very scary. So finding how to get out of that can just be its whole own step of being like, I have to change? Change is scary. Even if something is so bad, you know it, and that makes it comforting. Which is why so many people get stuck in cycles of seeking out like the same type of person as a friend or as a romantic partner, because even though it's been bad, it's something familiar. So the thing that probably made me most want to change as far as mental health was realizing that you have relationships with other people, but you also have relationships with yourself. And I realized my relationship to myself was an abusive one. I said things to myself that I would have never said to anyone I cared about or even didn't care about very much, was neutral about. And I was... I realized that I was just so mean to myself, and I, this is not necessary. You know that if you're, like, if you shout at a child, the child's not going to get better. Mm -hmm. So why would you shout at yourself? Why did you do any of this? It's not constructive. It's not kind. It's not necessary. So it was either 2015 or 16. I made the choice, which is actually a technique in like CBT slash DBT, of just when I said something about myself that I knew was not true, was overly negative, I had to immediately stop and say, no, that's not true. This is what is true. And just immediately stopping that negative thought in its steps was a process of the year. And I've done so much better since then of a year just intense every time saying, like, oh, you're so stupid. No, you're not stupid. You're tired. You're have a mental illness. It's hard. Life is hard and complicated. And you're not stupid because you can't deal with this right now. So that was a big step for me. And tying into don't be mean to yourself is you're the only person you have forever. So 
being okay with being with yourself by yourself is really important. I've lived a largely solitary life, being homeschooled, having all my siblings be much older than I was, just being a weird, weird little kid who didn't know how to make friends. I spent a lot of time with myself, but it was only in adulthood in... I don't know. I th at some point, actually started to enjoy it. Like, I've got my own little inside jokes. I've got things that are fun just for me. And having cultivating that relationship with yourself is so important. And realizing when it becomes abusive. And stop being abusive to yourself. I definitely still struggle, especially with lots of bits of self-care. Which is the next thing. Self-care is different for everybody. For some people who give to others so much, uh, self-care can be very much like I'm going to take some time and not be productive. I'm just going to sit back. But if you also avoid a lot of the things you need to do, recognizing that taking care of the you of tomorrow and the next week by doing your laundry or cleaning or making some food, that can be a self-care and recognizing that those things are important because you do need to take care of yourself. So... A lot of people, the self-care movement very much got co-opted by people trying to sell stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it did very much start as, I think, among communities of people who were overworked and had been taught that t- doing that for yourself was not worth it. You needed to be completely selfless. I feel like that was a thing that was told to a lot of kids who grew up on books like The Giving Tree and The Rainbow Fish and stuff like that. It was very much, give of yourself, give of yourself. If oh, you're I feel attacked. <laughs> And you can't have anything for you, and you have to just give. And so being like, no, I'm going to sit, and I'm just going to enjoy a goddamn bath bomb. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it very much, then the people who, that is not self-care for them, Mm -hmm. was very much like, no, just like over, it became very over-consumeristic. And so self-care, and also growth in general, is very much about finding balance. Whatever you're doing too much of pulling back on. Some people are too much thinking about themselves. I very much think about myself a lot. And so focusing on other people is very important for me and trying to do that takes me out of my head and out of whatever discomfort I'm feeling in my body and can be very helpful. And people who don't think about themselves and are only taking care of other people need to spend some time in introspection and recognizing that they need to take care of themselves. So very much finding balance in life is the thing. So any advice you take, if you're like, that's not me at all, that's because every person has a different combination of things that they need to deal with. Um, yeah. I got some things. Acceptance of issues. There's because, like, being anxious and depressed, but I still had other things that, like, (laughs) every little symptom needed to be accepted. Um, like, having misophonia. Certain sounds just make me unbelievably angry and having to always have my headphones with me and not feeling angry at myself for my anger like oh why can't you control this i don't know it's just a thing my brain does Mm -hmm. so getting to a point where i'm like this is okay we're just gonna cope with it we will find coping mechanisms by blocking it out and uh stopping demonizing sleep I would feel guilty a lot of times. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on. Hold the phone. We're encroaching on my territory. Feel encroached, John. In my own home? <laughs> you invited me here. Um, Ugh, did yeah. I? Did I? 
it implicitly. You're like, we're gonna if we're gonna record the podcast, I have to come. I over. was like, wait a second, I didn't start this duo. <laughs> uh, that's the problem, John. I'm a vampire. Now you've let me in. No. <laughs> so pops up chewing on my neck. I'm sorry. If you were sorry, you wouldn't do it. <sighs> okay, I'm not sorry. Anyways, sorry, not sorry <laughs> about what I said. I'm just trying to have some fun. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> to me. <laughs> I, I was really upset about sleeping for a while. Mm. I think a lot of people go through this where like, oh, I have to sleep so much, like a third of my life is spent sleeping. Some people a little bit more, some people a little bit less. And it's just been in the last couple months I've been actively, in the same way, like retraining my brain to not focus on negative thoughts about myself, retraining my brain to think of sleep as it it's just a basic human need. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just base level, you need to sleep. And not feeling so upset at myself for taking naps when I would have rather have done something productive is very much a form of self-care of just being like, no, it is a neutral thing and I needed to do it. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Learning to... Everybody ex- has different circumstances. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Mm. And sometimes, I mean, I can also recognize that some of my naps are symptoms of depression. I'm not taking care of myself in other ways. But if I have to nap in a moment, I can say, oh, okay, I'm going to nap now. But I'm also going to try and eat enough tomorrow and get sunlight while there is sunlight so I don't feel as tired. So that's why I say it's a neutral thing. I'm not going to say it's a good thing that I need to take naps, but it's a neutral thing that I need sleep. Just basic human things. And accepting help. This is the last thing I'm going to touch on. Being willing to accept help. <laughs> For those who are not me staring at John across the table, he Uh-oh. just pretended to cock a rifle. Damn birds. Yeah. That's... For those who don't know, running joke. John kills all... I, my... Please. John Anybody all... in the Pittsburgh improv community knows that you do bird noises. <laughs> they do. They don't always know that you shoot them. Oh, yeah. Every time. Every, every... every bird you have ever heard from the sideline has been after the set or during the oh, set. Oh, during the set. I'm in if the back. I'm in the back with a rifle. Just <laughs> but if you're in the audience, you don't get to shoot my birds. But mm. at the end of the set, they are not so humanely dispatched of. Yeah, no, it's it's like a wedding. Um, but instead of uh, them just getting to fly away freely, uh, Bob sets them free outside of the Greer Cabaret Theater, and I shoot them all down. Um, I don't condone violence, nor do I like to hunt. Uh, but boy, did Bob's bird noises drive me up a wall. <laughs> Vulnerability. <laughs> Vulnerability is vulnerability. Hard. Bird, bird, vulnerability. Bird flu. Bob. <laughs> the imbobitable snowman. Snow person. Snow Bob. Snabble. Snabble bard. Laughing at yourself <laughs> is also an important thing to learn. Uh, don't laugh. Don't. Don't laugh at yourself. No, there's a point where it also becomes self harm. You can. Be too mean to yourself in a joking way. <laughs> don't don't game the system of I'm not going to say negative things about myself by then making as many negative jokes. I'm feeling pretty attacked in my own <laughs> home right now. Do I need to call the cops? I mean, we do it together, but with understanding that we <laughs> to each other, or yeah, separately? to each other and to ourselves, just in the same room. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's the supportive. <laughs> We ask for help for bullying ourselves. No, but like, it's still less. Even the negative jokes, it's still less than the the seriousness with which I was talking about negativity Mm -hmm. before. 
which was very much I'm dumb, and now it's more like acknowledging my actual faults, which there are plenty of, like every human being. Put that face away. <laughs> Sorry, it's one of thousands. <laughs> you have you have over six thousand faceplates. Yes, and that's it. It stops there. Ah. I stopped aging years ago. <laughs> oh, I feel bad for all the animators who have to sculpt your your beard. <laughs> well, it changes so frequently. Exactly, it's difficult. Uh, it just recedes in and out. <laughs> I don't actually shave, Bob. My hair just gets sucked. Oh, in. like a magic Barbie. Yes, exactly. I'm <laughs> I'm the bearded Barbie doll. Oh, you're Magic Ken with growing and shaving beard. Whoa, I do not have a six-pack. That's what they still need to adjust. The body standards of the Ken dolls. Absolutely. They address the Barbie dolls, but what the hell? Like, I just want a Ken doll that looks like me. Sad. (laughs) Likes potatoes. (laughs) Ah, Spudfest Ken! Someone someone make me Spudfest Ken. Uh, You can send it to our P.O. box, which doesn't exist. Oh, God, if we had a P.O. box someday. We do. Um, there's actually a pie orange box in the kitchen. Okay. Because it starts with the letter yeah. P, and the other the other word starts with the letter O, and that's a P.O., and then there's a box. Good. And that's what's in the box, Brad Pitt. Put your dick in a box. That is not Brad Pitt. <laughs> Nope, but I was playing at work recently. (laughs) Which one? (laughs) That's a fair question. No, uh, we get to play music in the back. That is, there's no system for playing music for the customers at my day job. Mm, Um, Okay, so not the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, and so the bakers get to put on whatever they want, and sometimes it's (laughs) dick in a box. Island. It's to trick the customers into thinking they're getting what they want. <laughs> I didn't recognize it at first. It was like, are we playing Christmas music already? And they're like, oh. <laughs> oh. It, yeah. Yeah. It's not the one I listen to most of the Lonely Island. But yeah, getting better. Also friends. Friends are very important for me personally. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is, that is some thoughts about getting better. It can be very scary. It's even scary if we're not doing with a great support system. I happen to have a wonderful one. Wonderful friends. My siblings are all great. I got to... Where? Who? <laughs> okay, maybe just my siblings. Yeah, fair. Just my three older siblings who love me and support me and are very enthusiastic about my progress in life. Mm-hmm. And are, are... Someone's got to keep you humble. <laughs> Bob too powerful is a terrifying thought. <laughs> so, I, I do enjoy the memes like God nerfed me. I was if I didn't have depression. As soon as I stop having depression, it's over for you hoes or something like that. It's like, yep, God nerfed me by giving me depression because otherwise I'd be too. I'd be even more. I'm already I was say, too much. You're too much already. <laughs> um, yeah, no, mental health uh, is important. Uh, talk to a doctor. Uh, there are help uh, options. There are help. Um, it is no laughing matter. Um, (laughs) But laughter is also a great medicine, especially laughter in groups. Uh, Come to our improv show. (laughs) Those uh, who laugh, Bob, last. Um, but no, actually, uh, yeah, to, to kind of piggyback off of that, um, mental health is something that everyone should take serious. Um, and definitely... Uh, across the entire spectrum, but, uh, you know, guys, uh, you can get your shit sorted out. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, we're told to be strong and the, the person to lean on and, 
Um, it it is you know it's good to be that, but you can't be that for people if you're not taking care of yourself. Um, I started going to therapy hmm, uh, right after hmm, probably last winter. God, I must be coming up on a year now. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of the best decisions I could make. Made make I could make decisions if I wanted to, but I won't. I'll let other people make them for me. Um, no, I decided to go. Uh, I have a wonderful uh, therapist. It's been um, an interesting uh, experience. Um, uh, it's definitely I'd recommend going, even if it's just a myotum of sadness, uh, just to kind of clear out the cobwebs. Or to um, get some tools for living mm-hmm. in life. Just have a third party who doesn't know everything about, doesn't know your friend groups. Just yeah. talking to a friend is like, you know some of the people I'm talking about. Talking to a therapist is like, here's the situation, and they never have to interact with it directly. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, and, and they just know things. You can be like, these, and like, ah, that's because of this thing. Like, they can sometimes make connections where you couldn't see them because you're in your life. Fun fact. They force you to make the connections. They never give you the answers. Um, <laughs> but that, that is helpful because that's teaching you to then keep doing that. Yeah. So, so um, it's a good thing. Yes, and friends are important, um, especially when it comes to uh, arts and crafts. <laughs> um, <laughs> Making stuff together. Yeah, so definitely, um, I, you know, almost uh, in the same vein, um, this year, for me, the growth and change has been getting back into my interests uh, and passions. Uh, some of you may know, I used to do another podcast, and also used to do, like, YouTube stuff, because I was that dork. Um, and it stopped and it kind of put me in a rut and it wasn't until I got into the improv community that it really got me out of that. And then even further so when Bob and I started doing the butch and the bye. Uh, so, um, if there is, if there is something that interests you, if doing a podcast interests you, if doing a duo interests you, uh, if you don't do improv, do improv, (laughs) um, just do something that fulfills you in a way that nothing else can because, at the end of the day, humans like to create. We've yeah, been doing it don't the feel entire time. Pressured to be good at it. Oh yeah, have make you listened to art. the last seven episodes? <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Just make make bad mediocre art because it's just a human impulse. We've over defined things being good and bad. Bob, make shitty embroidery. <laughs> embroidery is really fun. Do embroidery. Bob is an expert in shitty art. <laughs> um, I've made a lot of it. Yeah. Bob is also an expert in good art. Uh, that being said, this wonderful heartfelt ending to the show <laughs> after the depressive state that is the topic you brought up, <laughs> judging it's... me for my sleep habits. I know this was a personal attack. It really wasn't. It wasn't at all. I'm taking it as such, though. It's just because we're bizarro versions of each other. And so me talking about myself makes you feel attacked because we are far too similar. Oh, God. Stop. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But Only if you do. I've tried. Um, so, yeah. Uh, if you enjoyed this, uh, go ahead and give it the likes and the follows and all that fun stuff. We're on Spotify, Google Play, YouTube. You're listening to it on one of those things. Um uh, definitely leave a review on iTunes if you feel so inclined. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook. You can also go like, what do you mean you haven't seen? Uh, the information for that will be down below. We did Beetlejuice, so it's a lot of fun. Um, Bob, do you have any plugs you'd like to throw out at the end of this? Um, not personally, but shout out to the Squirrel Health Health Center, which is a sliding scale 
uh, place. So if you don't have a lot of money, but you want to get some health care, they have medical and dental and mental health care. They're really nice people. Hmm. So if you if you fit into the income bracket that they assist, then check that out. They're great. Um, I'm also uh, in uh, need of opinions on I'm looking at investing in gumball machines. So if you have a couple quarters to spare. Uh, <laughs> I was watching your face like, where is this going? And then it went nowhere I could have anticipated. No one. Well, it's like bubble gum. You chew on it a lot. You think it's going to be good. And then inevitably it just it, goes pop. Yep. I was gonna say very bland. Well, same, same thing. What little flavor it had eventually fades away. Hey, I replace all that flavor with salt. <laughs> oh, salt balls. <laughs> okay, there's a limit. I do have a limit, believe it or not. Uh, You're much not a to deer. the fortune of my mother. Yes, I do have a limit for salt consumption. Um, cool. So, thank you for listening. Uh, leave us the comments of uh, when you go to therapy and what you talk about there. There's a phrase that really helped you. Oh, I was making a very facetious joke, and you made it literal. No, I really, if there was something that was a breakthrough for you, honestly, yeah. share it. You never know when something that helped you is going to help someone else. Yes. Also, uh, let us know what your favorite frame in Coraline is, because people put work into that thing, and it deserves appreciation uh, that I think it gets already, but I'm adding to the pile, because I was yes. 10 in 2009, maybe? I don't know. No, I was, I was 14, 13 or 14. Uh, so I was not doing a podcast and so I'm doing it now um so cool thanks bye